All right, all right. Let me tell you this. So I've always alluded to these things in different podcast episodes throughout this podcast. But tonight in this Midnight Reflection, which I haven't done one in a long time. It's not work night, so I can do it. I want to talk about how good and evil are not minorities, either one of them. All of us human beings are gothic ecological. We're comprised of good and evil, or at the very least, the capacity to do good or evil. And you're going to find some people in one camp that go, you know, most people bad, most people evil, they're destroying the world, they're killing animals, this, this, and that. And then you're going to find people in the other camp, you know, where they go, most people are good. You know, we're repairing the planet, we're saving animals, we're rescuing animals, and I fall into that camp because it's actually true to a point. Like, I do believe most people set out the day with good intentions, which makes them good. But that doesn't mean throughout the day that they're exclusively good. Yeah, I know, nuance. It's such a crazy fucking thing. Where people are multi-layered and multifaceted and not easy to understand. Yeah, I know. Fucking crazy concept there. Well, here's like my thing about this. You know, it's not good people are a minority. And it's not that evil people are a minority either. They're not exceptional. Both good and evil from any individual is happening almost all the fucking time. People go hot and cold. Just like they go good and evil. You know, they might do a bunch of good deeds during the day, and then they have that one moment where they fail to pursue virtue. And they do an evil deed. It could be as small as causing an inconvenience for somebody, or it could be as big as murdering somebody. And if they get caught, they get heavy consequences for it. Here's my whole thing about this. A lot of people, I'm not saying most, I'm not saying least, but a a decent amount of people only behave virtuously because they know they will be given consequences for it. Think about parenting. You know, if you had good parents, you know your parents gave you consequences for making bad choices. They socialized you. Like, Like I'm saying, if you had good parents, they socialized you. And it's not because they taught you things verbally and intellectually. It's because they set the example. It's not just about punishing a kid when they do wrong. It's more so about the parents doing right and punishing their kid when they do wrong. That's the missing component a lot of parents don't get from a few generations before us. You have to set the example. And think about how many kids are learning bad habits from TV shows. They see kids in the show don't like broccoli, so they think they shouldn't either. Shit like that. You know, but if the parents at home are eating broccoli and steak and, you know, some some eggs on the side, like, they're good. And the kids go, oh, I should want to eat that too. Generally, at least. But what I'm saying is, like, we learn... Not to do bad things, not just for social acceptable sake, but also for virtue's sake, morality.
if you care about morality, you're not a moral relativist and you don't think that there's no absolute right or wrong. You know, I'm neither a moral relativist nor a moral absolutist. Well, I'm kind of a moral absolutist. I do believe there are specific things that are wrong, like pedophilia and bestiality and things like that. Um, but I also have the amoral truth that might is right. Because if Adolf Hitler won the war and we didn't bomb Japan, he'd be looked at as a hero, probably. And if Alexander lost his battles and wars, he'd probably be looked at the same way as Hitler. Because it's the victors who write history. So much truth has been lost because, because of morality. Because one team won and the other lost. That team decided the ones who lost were bad. We don't see their truth or what the truth actually was, how things actually existed and operated. We're, we're given what we're told by propagandists. And here's like my whole thing about this. You know, when, when it comes to the last episode that I posted about, you know, goblin mode versus PR mode, I, I talked a lot about how people are hot and cold like, they're cool with you for a lot of the time, and then they're also not cool with you all the time. Maybe they're tired at work, or maybe you said something awkward and they gossiped about it, even though prior to that they confirmed with you they weren't uncomfortable or something. Like, I also talk about the Purge movie. Like, there'd be more people trying to kill you, especially your loved ones, than you'd expect. Like, here's, like, my whole thing is that, you know, human beings were capable of good and evil. And there's going to be times that we do good, and there's going to be times that we do evil. And so many people seek absolution for their evil instead of accountability. Like, people will go see a therapist and lie to the therapist about everything that happened between them and other people, and frame themselves as the victim to get validation and remove any guilt and accountability they had to face, any shame as well, and other things. And then they create this narrative that you're evil and they're good. You know, like, that's empath culture in a sense. People who believe that our spiritual empath and energy healer and all that spiritual bullshit... I'm an atheist and a skeptic, for those of you who don't know. I'm a man of reason. I haven't always been. I was, I was raised Christian, converted to Catholic, because it made more sense in the denominations of Christianity. It, like, if the Christianity, Abrahamic Christianity is real, Catholicism makes the most sense. Secondarily, the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons make the most sense. And then third would be Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witnesses. But Protestant Christians don't make any sense to me. Anything goes in that denomination. You know, baptize your kids. Baptize the pets. Be a born-again virgin. Be baptized again. It fucking anything goes. Females can be pastors. Anything goes. 
Like, I don't know. The, the fuck, man. But uh, I became an atheist because I value critical thinking. And in order, to, in order to have faith, you have to believe without knowing. You give up critical thinking to believe in God. But when you have critical thinking and no faith, you have to believe in God through facts. And God is not provable nor disprovable. So my disbelief doesn't dictate reality. However, neither does your belief in God. And, yeah, if you can't debunk it, you can't rule it out. I can't rule out astrology. But I do find it very far-fetched that the planets and stars burning balls of gas in the universe have anything to do with our cognitive makeup and personality. But I will rule out ghosts, goblins and ghouls, the paranormal and supernatural. None of that is provable. There's, There's nothing to it. Uh, but here, here's like my whole point about all this is like people believe in silly things and claim it to be fact. You know, more people are emotional. Even the most logical people you know will be reactive. And that includes me too. I'm quite logical, but I also run off of emotions as anybody else with the ego. You know, we have to feel good. We have to feel comfortable. But there's some of us, like me, who are willing to face pain, have a healthy relationship with pleasure and pain, and see things for how they really are, how they function and exist in reality, and be aware of that, and do virtuous good only for the sake of it, not because we benefit from it. So how many people are behaving virtuously because they're conditioned to? And they think it would be socially acceptable versus people who do it for the sake of it. I, I couldn't tell you. Because this is a very diverse situation. We're talking about 8 billion people on the planet. How many case studies would have to be done for this? I don't know. Like academic case studies for that matter. Like who knows? But what I can tell you, what I do know, is that there's a plethora of people who only do good because they think it will give them brownie points. And there's also, perhaps not equal, but also a plethora of people who do good because they have an opportunity to do it. And that brownie points are a byproduct of it. So it's really hard to distinguish. But when people act evil, a lot of people like to virtue signal and pretend that they can't empathize or understand it. Oh, why did they shoot up the school? I can't believe it. You know, um, they're a problem. We need to stop bullying so people don't become school shooters. Well, here's like the thing. For me, it's easy to understand why school shootings happen and mass murders and stuff. Society fails people. Parents fail to raise a worthwhile person. But there's also other nuance to that, too. Like, there's people who had wonderful families, and that family just got a bad apple. And that bad apple happened to be some sort of, like, person who would kill without remorse. <laughs> like, what the fuck? And sometimes they even kill with remorse, but they just did it anyway. Like, there's so much nuance and circumstance and possibilities and chance and other things rattled into this. But 
I'm not surprised when school shootings and mass murders happen. I'm surprised how few they happen because of how many generations were failed by the baby boomers alone. Okay. And it's not to be persecution per se. It's to say that America has lost its way. The West has lost its way. And it's crumbling. And instead of me trying to fix the decline, I'm trying to enjoy it. I'm trying to enjoy the show because it's not my responsibility to save the world or the nation. However, I will share my insights on what I think is wrong and what I think can be done to fix it. Just because I think that'd be a worthwhile thing to do for my own personal reasons. Now... We've talked about my morality a bit, where I am in some context a moral absolutist. I do believe there are universal evil things and universal good things. And I also believe in the amoral truth of might is right. And a lot of the times, if you're someone like me who is highly intelligent and nuanced in thinking, your proper perspective is not going to be valued by the general masses, they're they're going to reply to you with the nerd emoji, with the glasses and brace buck teeth emoji, and they're like their social status because enough idiots agree with them, and they don't agree with you. You lose the social argument, but logically, what you said was correct. It got less likes and shares and retweets and all that, but you were technically correct. We're we're not a popular breed, but we are a rather large breed, I would say. I would say there's more intelligent people than you realize, even if we are fewer of the population. And, um, you know, a lot of people just like to pretend they're a good person. I see it, I see it everywhere, in real life and online, but especially in content I consume, like body cam footage videos, they go... Oh, yeah, give that cop a raise. Or public freakout videos. Give that Burger King cashier a raise. Give that teacher a raise because they did the bare minimum in disciplining somebody or in telling the truth. That doesn't deserve a raise. That's the bare minimum. And what we should be saying is we need better parents. We need a better community. We need to set better examples for people. So that way, the smart people culture is the dominant culture, popular culture, instead of all this virtue signaling and, you know, dumb medal giving. A lot of people say, give that cop a medal for doing their job. It's like, what? And, and you know, like, uh, it's really easy to be considered evil, especially if you're someone like me who lacks social cohesion and you tell the truth. No matter how tactful you are, you tell the truth. But if it doesn't align with social values or quote-unquote common sense and you're like me and you have rare sense, people will think you're evil and disgusting. That that word gets thrown around a lot, disgusting. When, so, when something socially unacceptable happens, they call it disgusting. They say it's sick. They say it's evil. They say it's madness. They say it's this. They say it's that. Chaos. Blah, 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 blah. When when really it was just somebody saying what they really felt or what they really thought. And whether it aligns with reality or not. But it's rare sense. And, you know, people don't account 
for all the good that happens and they don't account for all the bad that happens. They, they just go off what they emotionally react to. People need to realize that all humans, whether they're sociopath, psychopath, narcissist, borderline personality disorder, stable, excuse me, or whatever other mental illness you want to throw in there immaturely, we all are comprised of the of, of the capacity to do good or evil, whether we genuinely mean it or we're just trying to avoid consequences. And that's something important to my worldview that is actually correct that I need to share. And I would really appreciate it. Like, if you don't share any of my other episodes, at least share this one. This is the most important one to get to people. Not just because it's controversial and they wouldn't agree with it, probably, but because what I'm saying is actually true. And, you know, us human beings, we have a very limited understanding. We can only juggle so much at one time. But I know that what I'm saying is that people being good or evil and hot and cold, it happens all the time throughout the day with every single one of us. And we're not as logical as we think. We're also not as emotional as we think. We're not as good and virtuous as we think. And we're not as evil and viceful as we think. We're just people who are doing our best and making the best decision we think at the time, whether it's right or wrong, correct or incorrect. And that's something I think that is obvious to me throughout my whole life that isn't obvious to enough people.